I praise the Lord. Lord, we love you and we thank you for moving in this house today. And I thank you for the word that you will bring today. I pray that you would open up our hearts and our ears to hear it. I pray that it would come into our spirit and that it would move this week. In Jesus' name. Well, while you're still standing, if you have your Bible, uh, we'll pull up an opening text in the book of Psalms. Psalms 26, verse 2. And we're, today we're going to talk about, very fittingly, after Reese talked about the holiness and purity of God, the response of a pure heart. Psalms 26.2 says, Test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. Test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. Thank you for standing this morning. You can have a seat if you like. So today we're going to talk about the response of a pure heart. Have you ever had a medical exam where you'd go in, get a checkup? I could use a little... Uh, throat exam right now. I'm a little bit hoarse, so hopefully you can bear, bear with me. Um, but uh, we're going to make it through. So have you ever had a medical exam where they would um, look at your heart, do a little test, put you on a, a treadmill, track your heart rate? Um, your heart could be beating faster or slower, and it's in response to various inputs. So certain inputs will make your heart go faster. Some inputs will make your heart go slower. And it requires a deeper look to see if those fast or slow heart rates are good or bad. So if they're good, it indicates you've got a healthy heart, or bad, indicating an unhealthy heart. So if you take this to the spiritual level, our innermost being, which is often referred to as the heart in the Bible, our innermost being can be in an intense state, an intense state or a relaxed state, based on various inputs, just like our heart. And a deeper look is required again to see if there are, if the responses are good, if we have a pure inner being, a pure heart, or, or a bad one that needs, that needs some help, needs a little TLC, tender loving care. Um, if you have that graphic, you can show that. So in this example, we have the physical and the spiritual, where we've got a healthy state or an unhealthy state, and we've got a fast rate or a slow rate. So I was just thinking about this and tried to, tried to lay it out. So you should have a racing heart when you're healthy if you're exercising, you're excited, you just had some caffeine or you're pregnant. So those are normal things. If you're healthy, you should, your heart should speed up. Um, also, if you're healthy, your heart should be at a slow rate. If you're physically fit and you're relaxing, you should have a slow heart rate. Uh, I think some of the uh, professional athletes or, or Olympians, they normally would have a lower slow rate at rest than most people. Um, if you're sleeping, your heart rate should be low as well. So that's normal. Um, but if you're unhealthy, your heart might be fast when it shouldn't be. And it could be because you have several problems or there's infections 
you could have a thyroid gland that's overactive. Um, you could have anemia or asthma. So some of those things might make your heart go faster than it should, and it's, it, there's a problem. Um, if you're unhealthy, you could have a slow heart rate that's not good. Um, again, it could be an underactive thyroid gland or something like that. So um, you can't tell right away if your heart's beating fast or if someone's heart's beating fast. You can't tell just by their heartbeat if they're healthy or unhealthy or if it's slow whether they're healthy or unhealthy. It takes a little closer look. Same with the spiritual. So some of us have pure or impure hearts. A pure heart should be intense when there's a fervent effectual, effectual prayer because the fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much. If you are uh, in-depth in study, that's an intense pure heart rate that's elevated. Uh, and if you're um, engaged in discipleship or you have a great kingdom awareness, that is when someone with a pure heart will have an intensity. You'll see an intensity in somebody, and you'll recognize the intensity. Or there could be a relaxed state. If you have a pure heart, that could be, I'm, I'm settled. I am not worried because my soul's salvation is in heaven. Um, a Sabbath, if you um, take time out of your day, meditate on the Lord, give him your time. You're not always in a rush. That could be a, an internal heart that is pure, that's at a relaxed state. <clears throat> so let's look at an impure heart. An intense state of an impure heart could be angry, controlling, striving, trying to just seek more stuff, or seeking relationships, or trying to seek an achievement. So those would be an intense thing that you could recognize from someone that might have a heart that's not pure. Um, also, a relaxed state of an impure heart would be lazy or trying to escape from reality, you know, trying to enter a fantasy land, um, seeking the pleasure, seeking pleasure or a life of ease. Again, you might see someone, you say, wow, that's an intense person. Just look at all the passion behind them. You might need to look a little deeper to actually know what's going on on the inside. Same with if they're, they're relaxed. Well, they, they're not moved much by this. Well, might have to look deeper to see what it is, what it is that's going on. And that's why we're asking the Lord, test my heart. Try me. Take a look. Take a deeper look. Getting to the heart takes a while. I mean, just ask someone who's had open heart surgery. It's pretty intense. You got to get through some layers first. So the main point here is it takes an in-depth examination of one's heart often by asking tough questions as to why we do what we do and to see what shape we're in. So who was here last week? Anybody remember last week? Who was here? Who was uh, ministering here as a guest? Yeah, the gums. Wasn't that awesome? Um, so of those who raised their hands or even who were shy, can you raise your hand if you experienced something supernatural last week? Because there was a lot going on last week. There's almost a dozen hands that went up. God was moving in this place, and you could tell. And it, today is an opportunity for us to reflect on that and what happened. 
and for us to respond to that visitation we had from God. So that's really why I'm digging into this pure heart today. Um, so what does the Bible say about the heart? So let's get a little bit of foundation. There's a couple scriptures I want to talk about. And the first one is in Proverbs 23, verse 7. It says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. So as you think in your heart, so is a man, or so is a person. So what you are is not necessarily what people see in the physical. What you are is determined by what thoughts you let into your heart. That's what makes you. Let's also look at Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So we see a few things here. Let's break this down a little bit. Um, first, our innermost desires can be sneaky, and they can be corrupt. It's deceitful, and wicked. So it can deceive us, and they can be sneaky. Our heart can be sneaky and corrupt. Unfortunately, um, the other thing we find from this verse is that God sees and he searches our hearts and he tests our minds because, as we read earlier, what we think in our heart is what we are. So he searches us that way. He watches to see if we will think on and embrace righteousness and truth. So I think he might give us a little test in our mind and say, here's some truth. Are you going to receive it or reject it? I think that's how he might test our mind. Are you going to put that in your heart or are you going to stand it away, keep it away? Because sometimes truth is, it takes a little bit of humility, it takes a little bit of challenge to swallow. But um, if you receive that truth and allow it into your hearts, you're going to be passing those tests from God and he can, he can use you to do mighty things. So that's, that's what we want to do. We want to let... The Lord, purify us, change our hearts, look for those things, and bring us to a new level. One other thing from this scripture is, although it's subtle, our way of life is connected to our heart. So when it, when it said, uh, even to every man, I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So the fruit of his doings, that's... When you watch somebody and see what they do, that's a result of what happened on the heart. So although it's a subtle, our way of life is connected to our heart. All right, so let's look at some examples. Let's look at some examples of the response of people's heart in Scripture. And we'll find some that are pure and some that are impure. So the first one I want to look at is Peter's preaching in Acts chapter 2. So this was, um, all these examples go through a progression that's uh, interesting to follow. And the progression is similar for those with a pure heart. <clears throat> the first is 
there's a visitation of God. So in Acts chapter 2, what happened? There was a supernatural event. There was a rushing mighty wind that came into the house. So it started out with people in a prayer meeting. So they were inviting God in. They were ready. And he said, okay, I'm going to meet you there. So there was a visitation. There was a wind. It says there were like cloven tongues as like a fire. It's hard to describe something in physical when something spiritual happens because it's beyond what you normally experience. So what he's saying is it looks like there were detached tongues that were like fire above people's heads. And it's just incredible to describe because it's something beyond our normal reach, something beyond the physical. It was supernatural. And they were filled with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and there were people speaking in their non-native language. So that was the visitation of God. He came down and he moved in ways that people knew was something beyond normal. So people wanted to know what was going on. And Peter, who had been close to Jesus, gave some instruction. Um, Peter states in his message when people were saying, okay, what's going on? All these people are speaking different languages. Are they, they're not normal. They're not functioning as they normally would. Are they drunk or what? Um, Peter said, they are not drunk, as you think, but the Old Testament prophecies about the Holy Spirit are being fulfilled now. And Jesus, who you killed, was raised from the dead, is the one who's pouring out this gift of the Spirit, as you have observed. Jesus is Lord and Christ, is what Peter preached. So the revelation that came from that visitation was, Jesus is the God of the Old Testament. He is the God of the Old Testament. So what happened when, uh, after Peter spoke these words? How did the people respond? I like how the Bible talks about how the, their hearts were pricked. So there was a visitation of God, and there was a word of God that came through all the layers of us as humans, and it got right to the heart, and their hearts were pricked. And that's, and that's the point where um, their hearts were tried, and we see their response. They were open to knowing what they should do about this when they felt that conviction. They're like, okay, I believe it. There's a visitation. I know there's something here, and I'm open to it, and what should I do? So their hearts were picked, and they had that response of a pure heart. <clears throat> so they responded to Peter's direction, which was what he told them to do, and it was repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit, and they gladly received his message, and they, there were many, many that were changed that day. This is a transformation because of the response of a pure heart. So many of us need to experience that transformation. Many of us are living in that, that life where we didn't know better. We had an impure heart because it's sneaky and we didn't catch it. And God will bring a visitation to you like, like he did last week for many of us. And that's, then it's our choice to respond to that open heart or closed heart. And based on our response, we will have a transformation. And then look what happens after this. The number of the followers of Jesus increased greatly. Many were added to the church. I think it was 3,000 souls in the book of Acts. You have to look it up, double check. Might be off by one or two. Or a few. 
But uh, there, were, there were multiplication. There was many that came into the church as a result of that. So that's the steps that we have for full restoration. So we're not at the end of the age yet. We have some ways to go for God to completely bring all of humanity that he created back into full restoration like he had at the beginning with Adam and Eve. Um, but this is a step towards it. That transformation is bringing us all towards that final, complete restoration of humanity. Ooh, so that's example number one, and I love it. It was uh, the response of a pure heart for those that heard the word of Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. So an example, another example. This would be Stephen, or Stephen. Um, I never talked to him, so I didn't ask him how to pronounce his name. But uh, so this is in Acts chapter 6 and 7, where there was another visitation of God. There were the, in Acts 6, 8, it says, wonders and signs were done through Stephen. Wonders and signs, that through Stephen, that means he didn't do fancy magic acts, sleight of hand. No, that means God worked through him. And those wonders and signs were that, that visitation. And then Stephen again gave a word, and he stated that the Old Testament, um, the Old Testament people, the Old Testament Israelites persecuted the prophets. And you're doing the same thing by resisting the Holy Spirit. That's, that's a really short summary of what Stephen, Stephen said. He gave, he gave us a summary of the whole Old Testament. He basically said, the Holy Spirit is what you are rejecting, just like the Old Testament people rejected the prophets of God. And what, were their, what was their response? Well, they were cut to the heart. They had to respond again. And we see their response was impure because after Stephen preached, these people got up full of anger and aggression towards Stephen. In fact, they picked up stones and throw, threw them at him until he was dead. They stoned him to death. So Stephen is this man of God. He's doing what God called him to. And he has this visit. God works through him. There's a visitation and there's a word. And because of the impure hearts of the people, they could not receive it. And you can see that by their aggression and anger and hatred of him. And there was a lack of transformation. They attacked the man by speaking. They attacked the man who was speaking God's truth and silenced him by murdering him. So these were some attempts to stop that multiplication of the church, but it simply ended with God bringing the uh, completion of Stephen's work home. He received Stephen home, and then he selected Saul. In the midst of those consenting to Stephen's death, he saw Saul, and he chose him. So even in the middle of that, you're never too far gone for a, for a visitation of God to transform you. Never too far gone. No matter how impure your heart is, even if it's not so subtle, and now everyone is telling you, uh, you've you're got a very impure heart. Um, it's not too far. It's not too far for you. So in this example, God selected Saul out of the midst of those who were consenting to Stephen's death, and multiplication could not be stopped because it was brought on by God. 
In fact, God used that situation to bring an acceleration to the growth of the church. And so, yeah, restoration comes from those with a pure heart. And God can, can use any situation. Even those who reject him, he can turn it around for his own purpose. So don't be the one that has to be just pushed out of the way for God to do his work. Be the one who's God going to do the work through. Be, be that person. Be the one with a pure heart. Yeah, we want to be next to him in heaven, celebrating those moments that he's used us. So that's two examples. We've got one pure, one impure. Let's do another example. This is right after um, Stephen's preaching and his stoning. Let's talk about Saul's conviction in particular. So Acts 9, 3 through 6, we can read that. And it talks about Saul's conversion experience. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So what happened here? There was a visitation. Paul experienced something, Saul at the time, experienced something beyond normal. In fact, he recognized it to be of God. Because if you look at what he said, it was, the first thing he said was, who are you, Lord? He knew it was God. What he didn't know was who Jesus was. He didn't know that the Lord was Jesus. That was the revelation he needed. So Saul was a Pharisee, studied in the word, but he did not accept the works of Jesus until this moment when God shows up. He recognized God, and God gives him the revelation, I am Jesus, the one you have been persecuting. So this, at this moment, Saul responds. He can respond in a good way or uh, an impure way based on his heart. How did he, how did he respond? Well, there was a great transformation. In verse 18, it says, uh, sorry, I think I want to go to 6. Sorry, Acts 9, 6 says, So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. So that's a pure heart. He didn't say, uh, I'm not going to, I'm still going to, Keep with my ways because that's what I've been doing and everybody expects that of me and I've been doing so good. Just look at how the high council has held me up and I'm making progress and keeping these Christians at bay. No, he's willing to surrender and say, oh, okay, God, what do I need to do? And he's given instruction and he's allowed that transformation in his life, which we can read more in Acts 9, 18. This is after he went and spoke with a believer who prayed for him. It says, immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, because he was blinded when he fell, when, when the Lord showed up. He received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. That was a complete transformation. When he went under that water, he came up a new being, just like when we do in this new time. It's 2,000 years later, but God hasn't changed this. He's gone from the Old Testament and completed it and fulfilled it, and now all we have to do is follow the instructions he has in the New Testament. 
And, and Paul does this. He was baptized. And then what's the result? Let's read uh, Acts 9, 31. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified in walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. They were multiplied. <clears throat> they were multiplied. So Saul's heart was open. It was open to obeying God, but he needed accurate revelation that Jesus is God. Some of us just might just need that revelation. We might just need to push in and seek the Lord and ask for his visitation to come. And when it does, we'll have that revelation to make that transformation. But God knows when our hearts are ready because we've seen an impure heart is not, is not going to accept that. All right, I have another example. Example number four. This is in Acts chapter 8 with Philip, Peter, and John with Simon. Simon was a sorcerer, and he was amazed by the signs and wonders that the men and women of God did, the disciples did. If, and that's in uh, Acts 8.13. So that was a visitation. Um, Simon the sorcerer, he had dabbled in spiritual, supernatural things, but he had not come in come across with a connection with the God who is above all physical and spiritual. So that was a visitation. He saw, he saw spiritual things happen through these men of God. But what was Simon's response to this visitation? Well, he offered to purchase the ability to give the Holy Ghost in verse 19. He saw it happen. He said, okay, here's some money. I want to do this too. Uh, he had a lack of revelation for one. Um, so you could tell, at initially at least, his heart was not, not there, not right. And how do we know that? Peter rebuked him. He, uh, in Acts 8, 21 through 22, Peter says to Simon, You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this, your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. So the thoughts of his heart were rebuked by the man of God. And that was that pricking of heart again, that moment for him to make that decision. Unfortunately, we're kind of left on a cliffhanger here because Scripture doesn't show us if Simon had a repentant, transformed heart with multiplication. But we do know that without the changing of the mind and the ways of an open heart, apostolic leaders can only offer a rebuke to that initial, initial um, exposing of an impure heart. God always gives grace. He always gives grace. All right, I have one more example for you. Um, example number five. This is Philip and the eunuch in Acts chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at this script, scripture preaching Jesus to him. So this is the, when Jesus is preached, that's a time for the word to come. And just by the word, just by reading the Bible, that can be a visitation in and of itself. Verse 36, now as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. 
And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded in the chariot, commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. So that's where this transformation took place. You know, there was a visitation just by opening the word of God, and that's when the heart was touched because the word met with the heart, and that's when transformation took place and the action of baptism was completed. Verse 19, now when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch was, saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. So there was a, a multiplication that day of the churches, and it's so great to see that response of a pure heart because the eunuch believed with all his heart. He gave his heart to the Lord, and that's what he's asking for us to do. Okay, I gave you a few examples. We'll stop there. I have another graphic, if you could show it. And it talks about this process that we have been going through, which I didn't come up with myself. But Scripture, scripture exposes this process, and you saw it in all the examples we went through. <clears throat> there is the visitation, transformation, multiplication, restoration. Nice multi-syllable words. Um, if, we could break them down pretty quick. Visitation, something happens spiritual. You recognize God is in it. Transformation, we're pricked to the heart, and we're either going to stay where we are or we're going to change because of that visitation. Multiplication, if we are transformed, we're going to be moved to advance God's kingdom. And then finally after that, there is going to be a final restoration. If you continue in that advancing of God's kingdom, you will be restored in the end. So the pure heart is open to the supernatural. The pure heart yields to God's, God's prompting and leading. A pure heart allows one to be transformed. It's humble enough to say, okay, I got to change something. And then it affects others for the kingdom of God. And those with a pure heart are going to allow God to bring that full restoration. An impure heart if someone has an impure heart and God brings a visitation, they will likely be skeptical or resistant. They will, so, they will say, you know, those are just so-called miraculous events. There's some trickery. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen. I mean, some people want to deceive for a paycheck. But when God shows up and there's a visitation, those that have hard heart will reject it. They will find an excuse. They'll say, oh, I've seen... Probably, maybe a legitimate fake person doing it and say, oh, it's the same thing. But deep down, they likely know there's a visitation from God, but all their thoughts have been of rejecting God have been set in their heart, and they won't change. So those with an impure heart will reject that visitation. They will resist God's prodding and will not be transformed. They'll justify their current condition and keep moving. And then those with an impure heart, they will oppose the advancement of God and we, they cannot be restored because they cannot, we cannot restore our own heart. Um, no matter what way you're leaning towards right now, you cannot make your heart pure on your own. I love how Reese talks about it. He says that God is the only one who can make your heart holy, make you holy. You can be, make yourself unholy, but he's the only one who can make you holy. And it's true. 
So from, from these examples we talked about and kind of walking through this process, um, let's look at some more scriptures so we can see the importance of the response of a pure heart on many people. So Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So that means protect what you think about. We talked about that this morning in Spirit Life class. Protect what you think about, because it can end up in your heart if you're not careful, and then your life will reflect it, because everything flows from it. So watch out. Watch what you dwell on, what you think about. In fact, it'll sneak in, because we learned earlier the heart is a subtle thing. Uh, let's also look at Psalms 51.10. This is a great scripture from, from David. And let me just take a moment to think about the writer of Psalms, David. Why do you think he's got so many psalms that talk about the heart? And he is called the man after God's own heart. Why do you think it is? I think he had so much time sitting out in God's creation, tending those animals that God made, and he had that time, and he decided to put his mind and his thoughts on the Lord. He spent time writing songs and just thinking about him. That meditation, what he put his mind on, made it into his heart, and that's why we are receiving so many things and why he's called the man after God's own heart. And here's an example of one of his prayers. Psalm 51.10, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. We can't put a pure heart in us, in and of ourselves. So we need to open up to God, and he will purify and give us a new heart. He'll give us a solid spirit, a solid spirit, steadfast, steadfast spirit the Holy Spirit. Let's also look at Psalms 37, 4. It says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So this one's an interesting one. So when our desires match God's desires, when we change our desires to match his, that means our desires are going to oppose the flesh's typical desires. That's when we finally have delight in the Lord. And our willing submission to his will brings about that ultimate fulfillment. This is a tricky one because everyone in the world will say, do what your heart says, do what you please. What, do you, what is your purpose in life? It's to do what you feel is right. But actually we should, we should put a check there. Put a, put a gate there and say, uh, let's, let's stop this right now and see if this lines up with with truth, with, with God. Because that's when we're going to go in the right direction and find that real fulfillment we're looking for. Real fulfillment comes when our desires match his, and then we will delight in the Lord. All right, Matthew 5, 8 is another scripture. It says, Blessed, blessed or blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Do you want to see God? Allow God to purify your heart. Allow him to purify your heart. That's what we're here for. We're here in this earth right now walking to determine our eternal state. It's 
you know, we're walking this earth until the final time when our time ends, and it determines if we're going to be away from God or if we've walked the right direction by the time of the end of our life, we will be with God. So we want to have a pure heart so that we can see God. Psalm 19.14, this is one that some of you should know. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Yes, so our, what we say and what we think on in our heart, let it be pleasing to the Lord. If, if we're displeasing to God, we got to watch out. He might just move us along the way as he creates his kingdom. We want to be, be pleasing to him. There's nothing more, more at ease in your spirit when you're walking in God's will and pleasing him with your life. I have one more scripture for you, and it's Psalms 24, 3 through 4. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. This tells us that those of a pure heart can enter God's presence. And that's what we're looking for. Last week, we had that great visitation. And today, I'm just expounding on it and saying, let's make sure we receive that visitation of God with a pure heart. Because then we're going to progress. We're going to move from just a visitation to a transformation in our lives. And that transformation is going to stick for us and for our families and those that we come in contact with. And when we bring, it, bring that transformation into our lives, there's going to be multiplication and advancement of God's kingdom, which will ultimately, ultimately result in the complete restoration God has intended from the very beginning. It was interesting. I ran into um, the fact that we're in the month of Elul, which is on the Jewish calendar, and it's a time of preparation, repentance, and purifying of hearts. So I didn't even know that. I put it in at the end. Just because it's, wow, now is the time. Now is the time for our hearts to be right before God. Now is the time for that word. Because when I was reading this and when you heard the words that came from God himself, they touched your heart. And now is the time where we choose. Are we going to receive them with a pure heart? I want to give you a brief summary because we covered a lot of stuff. <clears throat> and then we're going to come... Uh, come up front and just respond to the Lord and speak to him. So a pure heart responds with openness to a visitation from God. A pure heart res uh, surrenders. A pure heart surrenders to God's will and his command. A pure heart responds by following through with actions of obedience where transformation is seen. And it will bring about advancement and multiplication of the kingdom of God. And finally ends in the, the restoration of our soul. And that's what we all desperately need, even if we didn't know it. Even if our hearts were deceitful and wicked and sneaky and tried to show us what, what, it, what this world says is fulfilling. No, restoration of the soul comes from a pure heart.
when we're open and true and honest before the Lord and respond to his visitation properly. There are so many benefits of responding with a pure heart, but here's just a few. You will have a pure life. You will have a renewed spirit. Your pure desires will be met. You will be able to see God and enter his presence, and you will please him. So I want to invite you to come into this place, and we will just welcome the Lord here. Lord, I pray that you would purify us, cleanse our hearts. Let us respond in the right manner with a transformation. Let us leave today with a determination to do something that we know you want us to do and to get it done and to see you bring, bring blessing from it. Lord, I thank you for moving in this house. I thank you for the miracles, signs, and wonders. Let them do what you intend them to do in our lives. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your goodness. Let your kingdom be multiplied. Let our hearts be set before you, God. We have put so many layers and barriers and covered up our hearts. But you're the one who can really clean them out and bring fulfillment. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day. For giving us this opportunity. For today being the first day of the rest of our life for you. Let us burn for you. Only for you, God. Our hearts reflect what we desire, what we live for, what we're passionate about. And let it be something of value, something eternal that lasts beyond this life. sacrifice and I want to burn